All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Home Life Red. It's me, Elon Thrust, aka Rand. Hello, breadheads. Gather round. Let's join the gluten gang. It is time to car bow load. Welcome to Hold My Bread, the 2824 dollars podcast. What a world we oh, are! Wow, listen to those games. Yeah, we're gonna that talk. Is the biggest, about... This is the biggest we've ever been. Yeah, this is the biggest it's ever been. But I, I threw in again, so we will see where we end up. We'll go over it, and um, you know, this is a a podcast that preaches financial responsibility. And I think in the past week, we have been paragons of irresponsibility. We're trying to build better futures here, but the fact is we're wigging out. We've got no connection to reality in our current lifestyle. And so my co-host, it seems to me, has been throwing his little dick around a little bit. Is that correct? (laughs) Uh, I am slinging it up and down and all around. Um, you know, they say it's a gambling problem. It's only a problem if you're losing, I say. I'm a firm believer in that. If you're losing, it's a problem. But if you're winning, you're just winning. Um, I've had such a hot streak the last couple of uh, weeks. It's been truly amazing. The last couple of days specifically have been amazing. I am in Indiana. DraftKings is allowed in Indiana. We talked a bit, a bit about it uh, on the podcast last week. And, and, I, uh, and really me- thriving right now. And Matt, I, I know I know you pretty well. You're one of my best friends. My wife to be knows you pretty well, but our listeners might not. And um, I don't want to get that short fuse temper of yours because Matt does have a temper between you and me, listeners. But in our friend group, what is your reputation as a gambler? I mean, I don't think it's good, but that's only because it's based off of poker. I'm not a good poker player. I'll admit. But I think I'm a decent gambler. I mean, I have one big at the casino. Uh, I don't, so I don't think it's fair that I'm I'm bad. At, I'm assuming it's bad. Do you think it's bad? Yeah, I think it's pretty bad. I think you're the one person in our circle who makes me look like a good good gambler. I know our friend Richie gets himself in some fiascos and loses more than me. But on the whole, I'll get a take. I'll really marry an opinion, and I'll be wrong. But Matt Matt goes for the fences every single time out, but. It's been going pretty well for him. So what have you been gambling on, Matt? So I won. Well, so last this past weekend, uh, I bet on the UFC fights. Uh, I mean, I went into this quarantine not knowing anything about UFC, never watching. And now I'm watching every Saturday. Uh, A lot of big fights. I came up huge, had some big upsets. So I come out of the uh, UFC Saturday with about 350 around there so then we come around to yesterday this is uh we're recording on um the first is so i'm talking to a friend of ours he who shall not be named he gives me a little tip on um some soccer games to bet on and like you said i go big i don't uh i'm, I'm here to make money um so i uh, put all of my ufc winnings on a two-part parlay for soccer kids huge I'm up a thousand dollars. I feel great, Joel. I can't, you know, nothing's gonna bring me down right now. I feel great. Um, so I'm on. Uh, I think my luck has turned around. I think I'm. I'm. I think I've earned a little bit of uh, a little bit of cachet in, in the gambling uh, status uh, in our friend group. First of all, my issue here. I, I'm glad you are winning. I'm glad that you're taking big swings and they're paying off. However, when you say you're getting bets from our friends, we're talking about our friend Donnie Sangstack, who he's the guy I've been talking bets with for four years. So Donnie and I, we have these conversations every day about where we're throwing down our money, what our plan is. And Mr. Backus, rather than join our group conversation, he siphons off my resource, goes on a big swing that I could have well been a part of. I was on that same parlay as you without talking to you. And if you would have let me know you had your nuts out like that, 
I would have extended myself. Am I? I'm glad you're winning, but where's the inclusion? Why? Well, I, I had no idea. I I did not know. I, I I think after this, I'm glad you brought it up to me. After this, going forward, we're 100 in because you actually I left out a score. You had the call. What was it? The Real Madrid game, right? That was um, you. Yeah, the Real Madrid game. I, I I was on them. Our last game. Real pushed the last game, but we've had big wins. I think. Um, we won yesterday on a parlay with Manchester United and then Man City. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so going forward, we're 100% in. Um, Donnie and I have been today and talking uh, through it, and uh, it's been really great. So um, we're, we'll definitely, you're in, we're in. We should be, we should unite. I don't know why we haven't before. So um, we did come up on a loss today. I, uh, we a three-part parlay we had a hundred uh, i had a hundred dollars um for everton chelsea and arsenal um arsenal and everton hit they were going to be the ones i was nervous about they hit and chelsea blows it in the last couple minutes they blew it for me it was a 700 payout and i ended up losing 100 so but like i said i'm still up i'm not mad i'm gonna make some money hopefully here in the next few days uh, on the UFC fights, and uh, I'm going to bet on some more soccer, and I uh, feel great. Check in with me next week. Who knows? I could be way down, but currently I, uh, I'm untouchable right now. Get this guy to a Gamblers Anonymous meeting stat. If you are an American taxpayer who listens to this show, you know Matt's getting great unemployment <laughs> benefits. Yeah, I mean, if you if you work a job in the Midwest and you listen to this show, Matt probably makes more money than you. And this guy is gambling <laughs> thousands of dollars with your money. This is ridiculous. Hey, hey, I pay my taxes. I pay my taxes. I pay taxes. I deserve this. Yeah, I'm but you pay your taxes, taxing. but. You, but you write off everything for comedy. You write off everything for tour guides. Like that's by nature of being a hustler in New York city. We have certain tax advantages and I'm sure you take full, full advantage of them. Well, you know, I, I'm not here to point. I didn't know this was, uh, um, you know, this podcast is going to be about me being on trial. I'm just trying to make a better life for me and my mom's three dogs. And I'm trying to build my re-entry into society uh, whenever that happens in a couple of years. So I, I'm just, what I have to better my life. And so far, so good. Yeah. And I am, uh, I'm in the same boat. I, I've been pretty irresponsible as well. So if you know, there, there's been a lot of people playing with their unemployment money. There's been news stories across the country about all the money people are making with Robin hood and they're not making money by doing what we do, which is the kind of John Bogle, like based investing of, buying good companies and holding on to them. So what happened was people started playing with their money on Robinhood and they're doing pretty well with options bets because it's such a volatile market. Like, honestly, if things are moving like they are, you're going to hit 50% of the time. So with the payout being what it is with an option, which is infinite, you are better off paying playing that game if you're comfortable spending the money. And I, you know, I've been trading for five years. I've never done an options bet, but we did kind of get tr kicked in the teeth with DraftKings this week. So DraftKings yes. still bullish on this stock. We're talking Go on. Yeah. What, what was that, Matt? I, I was going to say, to me, options, we've done episodes on, we've done at least two big episodes on options, and I still, I, I don't quite understand it. It's still so complicated, and it seems more risky uh, of a gamble than any of the gambles made uh, in the last couple of days. So, but you did, you're right. We, we're still positive on it. We still think it's worth worth the buy. It might now, might be the better time than ever because it's so down. Yeah, and it's it's gone down considerably this week under the reignition of the coronavirus virus fantasy. But I bought a DraftKings options option that doesn't expire till January of 2022. I paid $500 for the right to buy sell 200 buy shares at $7 and sell them at $10 in the year 2022. So. I think we are going to probably be buying some shares at $7 and selling them for around 50 or 60. Here's hoping. 
and, but it's an exciting thing, and I don't know exactly what this means. If you're someone who knows finance, like, get at me. I'll DM you my option. We can talk through it together, and it's just fun to be following Matt back as his lead. Yeah, you know, I think now these are crazy times. I mean, don't be reckless, but uh, now is the time to take some risks, and especially, you know, don't risk more than you're willing to lose i i don't know i think if you can do it reasonably i think now is a good time to take risks and now is a good time to really to really stretch and, and see what you can do uh, i'm trying to improve myself during quarantine i don't people say that but i've been you know like i said riding a bike a lot i've been working out i'm eating better i'm trying to make money as best i can uh, i'm learning spanish you know let's make the best of the situation uh and what better way to do that than try and get yourself some cash so that when everything is over you know you can walk out of quarantine with a new fresh pair of shoes or something. Yeah. And I, I've made myself a little bit better in quarantine. Um, so biggest thing I've did, I've done, I've gotten into grad school, which is cool. It'll move Huge. me towards some goals. And I am probably going to the university of Michigan online for an MBA and a master's in finance. Hopefully that will be done in about three years. I have it all worked out with my job back in New York where they know I'm going to school, they're totally cool with it, and they're going to let me work and make like, you know, 60, 70-ish grand a year as like a blue-collar hump while I study finance at night. So that's going to be my calling for the next few years. But, you know, I'm doing this with the payoffs down the line, but honestly, having an at edu email address is a total game changer. I'm getting discounts left and right. NFL Sunday ticket, right. Wall Street Journal, which I paid for again, but it, it, they they lost my records for the third time. This is why journalism is dead. And bought them two times. I think you also get a discount on Spotify. Also check out Spotify. Oh, I get a discount on Spotify. I pay for Spotify, so I believe that's you do. appealing to me. How many apps do you pay for? Right, we check it out. Oh, that's a good question. I pay for Apple Music. I pay for Disney Plus. I pay for. I have premium, but I'm taking it seriously. Um, I think that might be it. I I, I think that's it. Though. I don't really pay for a ton of apps. You're letting me use your HBO. It's very friendly. I love that. Yeah, we have an HBO Disney Plus trade that worked out. And, you know, honestly, I'm not really using HBO or Disney Plus right now. I only watch Survivor and study algebra. In the meantime, there is kind of a change. Like, being such a sedentary figure right now, I stay at home. I'm on my computer. I'm on my phone. I would never buy, buy an app. But now I'm buying them left and right. Two things I really love. I love colonist.io it's a free settlers of Catan game and i just it's the most breezy fun to play thing on the internet i liked them so much i gave them ten dollars and also i want to give a big shout out to the down dog app it's a yoga app on your phone you just plug in a couple variables how you're feeling what your goals are and it makes a 30-minute yoga video for you to follow absolutely fantastic Check them out if you've got $10. You can check out Catan if you've got nothing. I like that. I, I use um, I use yoga videos on YouTube for the free free. So that's good, though. I, I appreciate, you know, it's good to, that sounds like an interesting app. Yeah. And, you know, why not get in on the fun? And, like, you know, congratulations, Matt. The U.S. stock market just completed its best quarter since 1987. I mean, I that's another way I'm up. I, I don't want to brag. I know so I know people are like, you know, really struggling right now. But between DraftKings and my stock portfolio, I have no complaints currently uh, as far as financially. I feel I feel great. Yeah. And, you know, I am, I've been on the record about this again. I'm so skeptical. I am 33 years old. You can tell from my hairline, but we have a pandemic rising up to take over the country a second time. We have a disenfranchised community that is putting the nation to a halt while they rightfully 
protest for better treatment. And uh, we also have the looming like specter of a Biden presidency, which the money in this country is behind. And you're telling me this is the second best things have been in my entire lifetime. I don't think that's right. I think everything should still be at these April prices. And I think we are going to see another drastic fall off, but you know, hopefully we can get through it, get to November. Then we will get the steadiness and slight fall off of a Biden presidency Probably the stock market will be more impacted if we see Elizabeth Warren as Secretary of Treasury, which is a better position than VP. It is, it is crazy to, to see what's going on with the market versus what's going on in society. It doesn't make any sense to me. I can't even imagine what people that get paid a ton of money to figure it out. I can't even imagine what they're thinking. Yeah, and obviously certain companies like Amazon or Tesla, they are in the news so much that the stock market being a like gauge of investor, you know, opinions, it's going to reflect positively. But on the whole, you know, I think you got to look few and far between for stocks that haven't recovered. And I do have a I have one of those that I kind of wandered into. So, you know, take all this like talk of us bouncing back with a very heavy grain of salt. There is an economic rebound, but we have so far to go. The unemployment rate alone puts us in a depression. Uh, you can't tell me that these index prices are correct. Right. And and people are, you know, the, the economy is slowly reopening, but it's also like you know, we're sliding back. We're pushing forward and sliding back at the same time. They're reopening the economy because they keep saying we can't handle it. But also at the same time, you know, it's going to have to shut down again. And, and what degree is that going to have to shut down? I mean, if you look at the stock prices in March when everything was really starting to kick off, we are nowhere near where we need to be for things to be better. So what's that going to look like? Are we going to hit lower than March potentially? Or are we going to I mean, who knows what's going to happen? The next couple of weeks are going to be truly wild. Yeah, and financial reporting is terrible. I put I put together the outline for this show, and every place I went to, they reported on the stock market having its best quarter, and on the same page, the sponsored headlines were, Fauci says the worst is yet to come. WHO says it, this could be fivefold. And meanwhile, they're reporting this like it's good news, but if it, it's the best quarter, that's April 1st, to July 1st, meaning they lose the 25% shock that the market took around March 15th. So of course it's going to be the best quarter in, in U.S. stock market history. Where is that reporting? Right. Absolutely. I, that's the thing, too, is I feel like people are saying these things. Uh, like Fauci came out and said there's potential for, what, 100,000 deaths a day or not deaths maybe or infections i i, I shouldn't even say it because i don't know the exact details but he's saying these things about how bad things are going to be and it doesn't seem to be moving the, the needle on the market at all yeah not even a little bit and like even still you see the way the market's reported on like i think that is the issue anyone with common sense can smell the bullshit in this rebound the way this rebound story has been reported through and through. And, you know, you get to financial reporting, everything is either behind a paywall or it's so dumbed down. You have to go through a series of websites just to get to the article. I'm talking about you, Marker. I'm talking about you, Yahoo Finance. And it's like, if you're going to jump through these height, all these hoops, can the reporting at least be decent? You know, that's interesting because I wonder what resources that people that are high up in the finance industry use. Do you think there is a like a Reddit for them or is there a news site that they trust? Or Because I know that I use Seeking Alpha to look at a lot of my stuff, but they have a lot of stuff you have to pay for. Maybe that's an app I should look into paying for. But Seeking Alpha has a lot of good content on it. Um, so I'm curious. I would be curious to know where a lot of higher end top tier finance people get their get their information from. What is the Reddit for top tier finance people? All of journalism 
Wall Street Bets for Active Traders is Barron's Bloomberg Wall Street Journal. These institutions exist just so these upper echelon people can have these conversations, put it behind a paywall, and not make it accessible to if you're a college student or just a guy going to 11 bodegas trying to find a Wall Street Journal. Interesting. Yeah, I um, have you, do you have you ever used Seeking Alpha before? I feel like Seeking Alpha is is a good good resource for me, and I bet it would be even better, like I said, if I paid for it. Yeah, no, I've used Seeking Alpha before. I bounce around through and through. There's a couple sources, but you know what? There's nothing I'm happy with right now, which is why I want to shell out, use my school email address, get a few more resources for the podcast and my own fulfillment. Meanwhile, I can't do it. Wall Street Journal, I will mail you my credit card number. Just take it. Let me read the articles. I don't know what I have to do. I've tried three logins, nothing. Um, Matt, I know I have blocked the words Tesla on my Twitter, and I know there is an interesting Tesla conversation to be had today. Mind leading us through it? I would love nothing more. Uh, Tesla stock, huge. Uh, hit a 52-week high over the last couple of days. They dropped a little bit uh, tonight after closing, but they're still up a ton. Um, and there's been a lot of, I mean, I know that you had asked me to figure out kind of why that is. Uh, they're delivering, Tesla is delivering a lot of cars. Uh, they're delivering on a lot of promises that they had previously made. Um, the demand for cars is huge. Uh, the demand here is huge in the U.S. and the demand in China is huge. So, uh, those combination of things, as well as them uh, exceeding, I think, expectations as far as delivery on, uh, you know, the product. If you remember a couple of months ago, there was a huge issue and there's huge problems. People were talking about um, them, you know, manufacturing and being able to uh, keep up with the demand for the car. And that's a good thing and a bad thing, obviously, because, you know, if you can't deliver the product, um, that's not good. But if the reason you can't deliver is because you're having too much success and too much demand, that's also, you know, it's not a bad problem to have. So I think they're finally able to do that. Um, the stock is, what was it? I think it's at, uh, let me check right now. I'll see. Uh, 1,000, uh, 1,137,000 uh, is what it closed at today. So uh, that is a 5% increase today. Um I, I am so happy about it. I think it's great. Uh, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, I don't know. Is it going to be like Amazon? I mean, Amazon stock, I remember when it was at uh, around this this threshold, and a friend of mine had it, and he sold it, and then Amazon shot up to about 1500 uh, Yeah, because there, there is a big shoot-up in the future. If you have any Tesla stock, it, it should probably go up 20% when it joins the major indexes, and that's probably a good time to sell it off and then rebuy on the dip if you're in him long term. Yeah. I, so, I mean, Tesla's a stock I'm going to have for as long as I can. I, I, I mean, I think it's got so much potential. I truly believe, I mean, I, I people, you know, I'm an, I'm an Elon Musk stand, but I, I believe even though he is a bit wild and I don't agree with everything he says or does, I think the company is, it's going to print, it's going to print you money down the line. I mean, if things keep going well, it's going to print money. And uh, people that say it's not are just are just. I hate to say this, but they're just haters. If you're a hater, it's ridiculous. Yeah, because it is. They are beloved by American consumerism, and that will carry them through. What was the relationship with Tesla and Kanye West this week? That I don't know. I I, I think there's. I mean, it was just a picture that Kanye or that uh, was posted on Kanye West uh, Instagram. Um, there are there are rumors just based off that photo that there's going to be a potential um, Tesla and Kanye West co collaboration, whatever that looks like. You know, maybe it could be some Tesla new new Tesla gear. Um, it could be something to do with you know even the cars. Maybe Kanye West is going to help design interiors of cars, or you know, what I mean, it could be any a number of things. Um, but that's based off of speculation purely on that photo. You know what I mean? They just posted a picture. That's how powerful these two are. You post a picture of them together and people's minds go crazy with what the potential uh, could be. So I don't yeah, really if, know. The specific if I am an automaker, I want to get in bed with a guy whose career was launched when he was in a car accident. If this guy likes cars, why wouldn't you? 
I, he got his, his jaw wired shut because of a car accident. Now he's standing for Tesla. If I was him, I'd be riding my bike everywhere like I was Ed Begley Jr. So that <laughs> goes a long way. And it has been fun to see Kanye West influence the stock market, vindicate himself. So I believe Kanye is kind of responsible for gap price shooting up, correct? Without question. Without question. And that's the thing, too. It's, it's interesting to me that they're together because they're very similar people in that uh, a lot of people don't like either of them for whatever reason, but you can't argue with the results. Uh, you know, just the news broke of Kanye partnering with Gap and the stock shot up about 47 percent. Uh, I bought in immediately uh, as, it, as it started to dip. I bought in immediately. So uh, a 10 year deal with Gap through Kanye West. Look at it from his shoes. I'm a big shoe guy. Um, his uh, brand of shoes, the Yeezy brand of shoes alone uh, is worth billions his clothing, the whole empire he's built. He's he's billions. He's made billions of dollars off his shoes and his clothing. Um, this partnership with Tesla, uh, with with Gap is huge news. For ten years, he's going to have a deal with them. Um, I yeah, we talked we talked about crazy. Gap a few weeks back on our big coronavirus like ca- capturing the pandemic episode. And the Gap, they closed so many of their stores. They came out and they said their strategy was going to be to move forward smaller and more curated. And we made fun of it at the time, but here we are and we are seeing good returns from that same strategy. So hats off to the gap there, even though I don't know if they sell hats. I, I, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, if you go back, I'm sure there are episodes of this podcast where we have railed against the gap. I had never, I've never bought in from the gap. I never would have. Um, but if you don't think I'm going to go and, and check out this new Kanye West stuff, uh, I'm definitely going to check it out. Some, I, I think some of his shoes, I'll say this, some of his shoes are really ugly. I think some of his clothes are terrible. Um, but I'm sure he's going to come out with some really great stuff. And this is, to me, the Gap Kanye West thing is, it's so genius. I mean, he's going to breathe so much new life. He's going to bring so many eyes and he's going to make Gap so much money. And I'm sure they paid him accordingly. I'm sure he made a shitload of money. Uh, from this deal, and I'm sure it's going to pay off down the line. Like I said, 10 years. I mean, the the gas stock is only going to go up. Yeah, and like hip-hop has always kind of had a very capitalist bent to its message. It was all about purchasing the best, having the best. This is what I own. And like Kanye, and to a lesser extent Jay-Z, they kind of took that like capitalist ethos and got a PhD in economics because Kanye, everything he does is just kind of touched with marketing. Like I've heard on multiple occasions that the Kim Kardashian West wedding is just a farce. I heard that Kanye is maybe already married to a man in the fashion industry. So for him to partner with gap to him, to get a photo with the biggest CEO in in the american economy right now and then release a new single that's a pretty good monday and tuesday uh, i mean without question and we were talking about the gap price stock price going up and the tesla stock price going up uh i mean that photo of, of elon and kanye that had to have affected stock prices there's no way it didn't uh there's no way that elon Musk smoking weed on rogan affected it negatively and this didn't affect it positively you know what i mean i think uh i think Kanye West, anything Kanye West touches for the most part is, is turns to gold. Even if he's saying some wild shit and pissing people off, he's still going to make a lot of money. Um, Tesla stock actually is, uh, excuse me, Tesla, the company, is uh, now more valuable than uh, a ton of companies. Uh, some of those include Toyota, um, Cisco, uh, Disney, uh, and ExxonMobil. So that is that is how big Tesla is currently and how much, uh, how well they're doing. So I just I, And remember this moment, because as a whole, our society is moving away from individual car ownership. Like, why would our kids ever buy a car when they could get an Uber? So with 50 plus electronic automakers trying to flood the marketplace, it's going to be interesting to see who ends up taking this cake. So I got a message from one of our listeners, Tarek201. Um, I believe it's she, right? I think you follow them back. He, she. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I did or not. I'm, a, I'm not sure. I didn't see. That. I only saw what you you sent me. They had sent us a nice message and, and a uh, question. So I, I didn't do any more research on them. So I saw you followed them back. That's why I'm asking you. 
Tarek, whoever you are, I appreciate you. I tried to creep you, but you were private. And, you know, I, I don't know if I need to be following you. You don't want me in your life to that extent. But they asked about this company, Workhorse. And Workhorse is an American automaker, and they focus not on, on like, getting you or me to buy a Tesla. They're focused entirely on commercial vehicles. So this stock was slowly going up. They kind of had humble ambitions to just produce and sell 400 vehicles this year, but it has friends in high places. Last week, Mike Pence visited their old their factory, and from then, stock has skyrocketed. No stock is up as much in the month of June. So, again, they're not selling any cars right now, but they do have electronic models for USPS trucks, UPS. They have a $52,000 pickup truck that they'll sell everyone they want. And they have the possibility, if they're able to scale their operation, they could be a very profitable company. Well, that's wait. So I'm confused. This is a new. This is a. a, a are they a car manufacturer? I don't understand. They're a commercial vehicle and drone delivery manufacturer. They make, they make um, electronic vehicles, but only for shipping. They can operate on U.S. roads and highways. They're feder. They have federal safety, like guarantees, and they've had 500% growth in three weeks. Wow, this is interesting. I do like this. I think this is a good idea um, because if you look at, you know, Amazon is doing all they can to streamline their delivery. They're they're trying drone delivery and things like that. The landscape is changing. Like you kind of said with Tesla, as far as people owning cars, I think um, things with delivery and the supply chain and things like that, things are changing. So this might be a good play and a good thing to look at because, uh, you know, you've got not to bring it back to Tesla again, but you know they have the Tesla semis, um, which I think are it's those are gonna those are a huge success from what I've seen. So uh, this is cool. I'm interested to see where this goes. I might have to look into this. Uh, so we we'll definitely have to look into this some more. I think this is cool. yeah. And I wasn't able to dig up who, but in in the days after Pence's visit, one of the big institutional investment firms put in a seventy million dollar investment for them to grow their scale. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. This is so. This is from a, a, a listener gave us this uh, gave us this uh, this company to investigate. This is huge. This might be one of the best things that listeners ever. Well, did. they asked they asked my thoughts, and of course the um, the the seventy million dollar investment is great. Of course, being visited by the vice president, regardless of how you view them, is good for a company. They also have ten percent stake in Lordstown Motors, which is a little bit more of a prestigious company. But the, 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 there is like a, a, a smoke signal that really shows the money here. And that's the fact that they operate in an old General Motors, General Motors facility that stopped production and then sold the facility. Wow, interesting. That's, that's really interesting. So wait, where are they based out of? They're based out of Ohio. Okay, all right. So right there in the middle of America. Yeah, and you know... There is kind of a Wall Street co-opting of blue-collar assembly line ethos, like Shinola watches are based in Detroit. Was the company founded in Detroit? Not at all. They had this high-end watch and bicycle company that they knew was going to make a profit to the absolute richest of the rich or the most exclusive people, the hype beasts of riding a bike around. Like if you spend $200 on a Tommy Bahama shirt, you're going to like Shinola. And they figured out that they would be most, you know, appealing to consumers if they were based in Detroit, Michigan. And this seems like a similar play on behalf of Workhorse. Yeah, I'm pulling up stuff on Workhorse right now, and I am impressed. Yeah, like my my background, my day job is in trucking currently, and we talk about vehicles, we talk about Teslas, and it's always this conversation of like, why aren't they thinking about us? These commercial vehicle fleets are huge. I rent a truck from a place that has 500 units. If you were able to get rid of the diesel expenses, you would move the profit margin 
for this company by millions of dollars each year. So whoever is the first to come to the marketplace with that opportunity is going to rake it in. And the fact that they're already talking with UPS and USPS is a great sign. Absolutely. This is this is great. I'm I'm really excited about this. See, this is what I'm talking about. We're winning money uh, on bets. The stock market, we're making money. Uh, we have this. To, this is it's. I like to see growth like this. It, it it makes me optimistic for the future. You know what I mean? And things like things are so crazy right now. You don't know what's gonna happen next week. But you you, you read something like this, and you see something like this, and you say, all right, we're we're doing something right. This is great. Yeah, and, and it does it does sound good, but again, it's the same emperor has no clothes paradigm that we are we're at with Tesla, that we've been at with. All right, we're cool. These companies don't make any money. Workhorse hasn't sold a car yet. They haven't sold a truck yet. When they make them, people have the rights to buy them. But you know, it's great prospects. But should that should this company be worth one billion dollars? I don't well, know. The, the, here's what makes me say yes, because this company was founded in 2007. Um, and from what I'm looking at, and as always, if you're listening to our podcast, you know you don't need me to tell you that we do what research we can, but you should do your own research. But uh, this was founded in 2007, and their chart is going up and up and up. And of course, there's dips, but there's dips in everyone's chart, you know? So this is up and up and up consistently. I feel like if this was a situation where they didn't have the potential or they didn't have something to prove, I think it would have been proved by now. Uh, it's the emperor has no clothes sort of situation is very much, um, we were, and they were, I mean, they didn't survive much longer. I, I don't, I don't feel they were around that much. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't remember that when they were founded, but I feel like they got found out pretty quickly. Yeah. And you know, it's just that price. It's, we've seen it a lot of times and we've seen it like with Tesla, the, it gets gassed up, no pun intended, and it just keeps going and going and going. Like, is is which is is Nikolai gonna be the next? Is Workhorse gonna be the next? And like, I, if you really are interested in this, I'm probably watching closely, seeing if there's a dip. If I'm kicking myself and I think it's gonna take off, maybe I get like throwing a little bit on an option with a long-term expiration once I learn what that is. <laughs> I uh yeah this is interesting I, I'm into this uh, for sure I, what a, what a good find what a what a good message to get yeah and I just have to overcome my up I talk about me working with trucks I am like a midwestern blue collar guy by nature and you know I I'm not getting in on this for the same reason I didn't get in on Tesla it just seems too good to be true to me so I don't know. Like, I, we all know I'm in on Twitter. We all know I'm in on DraftKings. And it's just like, I know those companies will have bigger opportunities in the future. And, like, I'm someone who tries to make, like, double my investment. I don't necessarily need to make a huge haul. And just kind of going through it, there is some good value. Like, earlier in the episode, I talked about, like, you want to find companies that haven't rebounded since the COVID disrupted the economy. And I'm on, you gotta have like a view of like the real world when you talk about these stocks. So I'm tr I'm on the message board and people are talking about what companies they like right now, right? We've all been there. Matt, you on the message boards? Uh, you know I am. And like someone throws out MLHR seems like a good company. Uh, people are, it's an office furniture company and people are buying office furniture. And, you know, you might not know it from the abbreviation. It's not like Avis getting the car on the indexes, but MLHR is Herman Miller, the probably most renowned furniture company in the world based out of the great state of Michigan. You love to bring us a Michigan-based company. Well, we do have the rule in this podcast. We don't invest in anything that we can't visit the CEO. And you know what? I can see the CEO of Herman Miller and my godson right now. <laughs> That's a good point. I do remember that. That is a longstanding rule of the podcast. Uh, we Luckily, we haven't had to visit any of our people in Pennsylvania. But uh, they know that we're nearby. They can hear They can hear us when we, uh, when we stomp our feet. Uh, That's great. 
Yeah, so Herman Miller has started being publicly traded in 1980. If you're unfamiliar, like the the mid-century furniture aesthetic is all based off Herman Miller. They influenced the entire furniture industry. Probably every company except the IKEA owes a huge debt to Herman Miller. Like William Sonoma, which is a premium brand for most people. They're a knockoff of Herman Miller, West Elm, William Sonoma, Pottery Barn. They're not the real thing. And Herman Miller, for most of their history, beginning in 1997, they traded for over $20 a share. And in the past few years, they've been around $40. And now you can get them for $22. You know what? This is a high-end company, like an Aaron chair, a Noguchi table, marshmallow sofa, Ames lounge chair. Matt, have you heard of any of these things? I have heard of some of these things, I think, but I haven't heard of this company before. I'm surprised by this. Yeah, because they're, they're known as like design within reach or Aaron chairs. But the fact is, they're the number one premium furniture maker in the world. And you know this is a healthy company because... The margins on high-end furniture are insane. Like a chair from this place sells for $2,500. Is how, how do we know they're making money? Because Wayfair is selling $300 versions and they're, do, they're making money. So I would definitely, if I didn't buy that option, I would be th- buying some shares of Herman Miller right now. I also, nobody's out in the stores right now. But SPG, one of the largest like real estate trusts, they own a lot of shopping malls and they have amazing dividend payments. For most of their history, they're trading for around $150 to $200. And right now, they're selling for $69 a share. So wait, what do you, I don't know if this sounds like a good idea though. Shopping malls are not doing well right now and, and, and they may not recover. So if they own a bunch of shopping malls, I don't know if this is a good idea. Well, they don't own the shopping malls. They own the real estate. Oh, so, so like they own the land. Oh, yeah, okay, they own okay. the actual malls themselves. Like ah. people are going to gather and when they do, they're going to go to these places that they've been going for decades. Plus they're rumored to be acquiring JCPenney and some other big companies. So it just seems like good value. Like, you can have a philosophical conversation about where people want to be and how they're spending money, but it's a pretty good dividend payment. They're trying to get people in and seems like if you got some extra shekels, it could be worthwhile. Interesting. This is great. We've, I think we've, I feel like we've given a lot of good, uh, a lot of good content in this episode. This is, I'm interested to read about the uh, trucks. I'm excited to read about this company on my own Herman Miller. I've never heard. I mean, I'm excited. This is amazing. No, and um, also, you know, I'm talking about this real estate company, SPG. Where are they based? Indianapolis, Indiana. Wow. You you could go kick the tires on them anytime you want. Wow. That is, honestly, I bet if I Google them, I've probably seen their logo. I've probably seen their logo around town and not even noticed. It's Uh, It's a simple logo. That's how you know there's real money. You don't know if it's like a real estate trust or a black ops private security firm. I am, I'm, I'm excited to look into this. Yeah. And it fits the rule. We can visit them. I, I can roll down. Like you said, I'll roll down and, and turn up some, uh, turn over some tables and shake some pockets and see what falls out on these people, you know? Yeah. I mean, it could work, but you know, these Midwestern humble companies, they appeal to me. I know they're not cooking the sheets. I know they're making, one simple thing, and they're going to do their best to maximize the value and utility out of it. I, I mean, you know, when you're right, you're right. Yeah, so I do just want to talk about briefly stakeholder capitalism. And that's like a vision of businesses run not simply to serve shareholders and profits, but to serve the best interests of employees, customers, the environment, and society at large. And you don't really see many examples of this, but you are seeing it by all these companies taking their ad money away from Facebook. 
Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up. Actually, this is great. Um, the what was it? The first big company that I saw that did it was North Face, I believe. Yes, absolutely. North Face, Coca-Cola, Disney, and I believe over 500 companies have like have have abandoned Facebook as an advertising platform. Incredible. And, you know, I hate to, you know, it's it's weird on this podcast because it is strange to praise a company and and, you know, they're billionaires and they're trying to sell us things. But it is nice to see uh, when they do, I guess they do them, something they should have known a long time ago. But it's nice to see it get done. Uh, I've enjoyed lately seeing a lot of companies pause their um promoting of things during a lot of the protesting. I thought that was very, that was pretty nice to not, you know, not be assaulted with, Hey, buy this stuff uh, during such a strange, you know, strange time. I thought that was interesting. So it is cool to see these companies actually making an effort. And it's all the big boys. It's Microsoft, Pepsi, Ford, Starbucks, Coca-Cola, Verizon, SAP, Unilever. So it was a big dropout in Facebook. I think 95% of their money comes from ad platforms. So oh, me at all. they might be big enough where they are able to just give more utility to those who stay with them. So it'll be interesting to see, but you know, when BLM becomes a national talking point and all these companies are talking a big game, it's nice to see people putting their money where their mouth is. Well, but here's the only thing I'm interested to see too is uh, I know they're they're not working with Facebook, but you know, does that mean um, they're going to stop posting Instagram ads? I mean, does that mean does that carry over to Instagram? Uh, is sponsored content with with uh, North Face going to stop on Instagram, or is it just on Facebook itself? That's I'm also curious to see that. I mean, have you had a corporation sponsor an ad that you saw on Instagram? Because the only thing I've seen are ads for sweatshirts made in China. They're going to plaster over a basketball logo, try and sell it to me as a piece of streetwear, and that's all I see on Instagram. I haven't seen anything from a Fortune 500 company. That's a good point. I don't know. I do. That's a good point, actually. I, you know what? That's what I think I'm going to do. We should do that for the next uh, couple weeks or so. If you can, try and remember or write down every sponsored ad you get, because now that you say that, I do get a lot of... I get a lot of, like you said, that these clothes they're trying to convince me of streetwear that I should buy. Um, I do get a lot of those ads. I don't know. I feel like I've seen a lot of ads for candy bars. I think I've gotten sponsored ads for candy <laughs> bars. Twix. I've definitely seen a Twix ad on my Instagram. I can't guarantee it, but I but I would probably bet on it. Oh, my gosh. Candy. That's going to be the worst thing. I'll, let's write down all our targeted ads. Yeah, we should do that. If you want to pl- play along, that, this would be a good thing for if you want to. Uh, email in the, the target ads you're getting. I would be very curious to see, because I bet we get some of the similar things, but I also bet we get crazy different stuff. Yeah, and there's got to be... So, you know, Andrew Yang, he talks about how we want to make money off our data. And how about this as, like, a fun little shtick? What if you are a tarot card reader, but instead of reading people's palms, you read their data? So you send us your targeted ads. We will read your future. Uh, okay. I think that's a, a pretty good idea, actually. I mean, I don't know. People are after data like crazy now, so we might be asking people to give up too much. Yeah, well, we won't sell your data, but you can give it to us for free, and we will <laughs> read your fortune, I guess. Yeah, I think you can tell a lot about people by their targeted ads. Well, let's do it. Maybe one of us can can find the targeted ads, and the other has to figure it out. Well, I'll say this. I thought this was interesting. So a couple of years ago, my ex, my girlfriend at the time uh, was from Peru. She was Peruvian and she would speak Spanish a lot around me. And uh, it got to the point where I was getting targeted ads in Spanish. Yeah, and I understand. Like I let Tilly like growl near my phone. So I get a lot of ads for rawhide. Wow, I can't believe you could compare Peruvians to dogs. Is that what you just did, you animal? I didn't. That's not what I did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I looked for a joke and. I know, I'm, kidding, I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, good, boy. It was, it was a good joke. I just am trying to get you canceled. Give me the Dalia treatment right now. <laughs> oh, you want 
Were you trying to you want to hook up with a fourteen year old? Because that, that's, that's a Delia treatment, my man. No, someone did try and cancel me uh, last weekend. Actually, it didn't go so well. On Father's Day, I posted a picture of me holding my dog, Sweet Tilly, and they called me a dog fucker. And they're like, you have pictures of you fucking your dog all over your Twitter. And it's like, yeah, my profile picture it has Tilly next to my dick. But the thing about my profile picture on there is that it's a painting. So it's not like I posed there with a dog for three hours while great artist Mary Houlihan painted the portrait. Nah, Mary had some fun. She did something to me. And this guy, he contacted my old employer and told them I was posting problematic pictures with dogs, and they contacted me, and we just laughed our asses a, a, off about him for a good half hour. So thank you for that. Yeah, that's incredible. What a, what a thing to be attempt. I mean, people, to look at a painting is and see that is just absolute insanity. Yep, you got it. Maddie, you got anything to plug? Any Zoom shows? I have a real-life show. Uh, if you're in Indiana... Uh, Indianapolis specifically, come to Black Circle Brewing uh, July 5th. Uh, I'm at Black Circle Brewing July 5th. I'm doing a show with uh, a bunch of other good comedians uh, from Indy. Uh, Connor Delahanty, who is uh, from Indy, he lived in New York for a while, good friend. Uh, he's Great on the basketball show. player. Probably the best uh, big man defender in the New York comedy basketball circuit. You could tell him I said it. Absolutely. Always wore a Rick Smith's jersey when he played uh, in the Big Wolkowski, which I respect. Uh, he's great, so he'll be there. So Black Circle Brewing, July 5th. I can't remember what time the show is. Um, just just look at the website. I think it's probably like 8 o'clock. Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit later. I'm not sure if they're going to wait until it gets dark, but check it out. 8 o'clock, and if you are at Black Circle Brewing, I think they have, these, they have great breadsticks there. I've watched uh, Detroit Lions game before there while playing Indianapolis. And really, you gotta get the breadsticks. You're thinking about Kilroy's. All right, that's our show. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. I am Joel Walkowski on Insta, The Walkowski on Twitter. Hit me up for any questions. I will try and answer them. Send me your data. Um, I'm gonna have some sports stuff coming at the end of the month. And yeah, that's it for me right now. Matt? Uh, that's it, guys. We'll have another episode down. Uh, I thought. Uh, I was gonna have oh uh, yeah send this and email the show if you have like I said that message we got was really nice so um, keep sending us your message if you want to share your target ads with us do that uh, I think that's it wear your mask and uh, that's it bye everybody.